Fractured Skulls, episode 30, where 30 episodes in Monoxide! Woo! Okay, fuck. This is W80P Newswatch 16 Star, Terminator Travis, alongside my partner in crime, my amigo, Monoxide. Monoxide, we're not alone this time, we got another special guest with us. I guess we've, we've been wanting on the show for a while, and we finally had the opportunity, and we snatched it up. Ladies and gentlemen, please help help me welcome my good friend, the Shining Sage himself, Kevin. You guys have way more energy than I do for this, but hell yeah, I'm here. If, if I knew I was sought after, you guys should have said something, I would have been here sooner. Like, we know that you're a busy guy, and you know we're all busy, and that's, that's, that's life. But we're able to make it happen. We're here right now, baby. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. We got a movie review to do. But before we get to that, we usually do like a pre-topic discussion. And since, Kevin, you are also a big wrestling fan like me and my compadre, have you seen the uh, their latest AEW pay-per-view, Revolution? It was the first uh, pandemic-era wrestling that I really sought out. It's been a while. I've been like following stuff here and there, but uh, like that was the first show I actually sat down and tried to watch a good portion of. Yeah, because I remember you telling me you were gonna go out of your way to watch this pay per view. Um, I haven't really been watching wrestling because just the whole, God, just having not having an audience, you know, during these shows just really takes away a lot of the fun. At really takes the fun out of it. And at times, yeah. I mean, it could be quite a chore to sit through some of these shows. Like I, I don't watch NXT. I barely watch AEW. Uh, I watch ROH, but really, those, that's really it. I, I haven't watched New Japan in over a year. Yeah, I'm reading results more than I'm actually watching, like, full episodes. Yeah. I recently decided to go on the network and watch an old-school pay-per-view and decided to on uh, WrestleMania 24. Uh, oh, God. That was, like, a night and day thing, because the show was... It's considered one of my favorite WrestleManias of all time, and just seeing that compared to what we've got now, there is some good stuff out there. I do watch AEW every week. I watch Raw and SmackDown every week. Uh, unfortunately, I do not keep up with any other promotion like Ring of Honor or MLW or NWA or anything like that. But so far, my favorite thing in wrestling right now has to be head of the table Roman Reigns. He is definitely the greatest thing in wrestling right now, other than slapjack of revel uh what is it revolution <laughs> retribution Whatever their name is. <laughs> okay I, I i couldn't care less about I, those guys i have a slapjack know. story real quick for you uh by the way oh my god it better uh, be a good one <laughs> i mean it, it's a really quick one uh slapjack actually liked one of my uh one of my tweets because i did a like i i think he put out a tweet something like nobody cared about me before i was slapjack or something along that line uh, so I like put a gif of Mole Man from Simpsons like I was rooting for Shane Thorne hmm. <laughs> and it gave me a like and I was happy to see that we, we don't that's something you know here every day I have a slapjack story <laughs> <laughs> slapjack is the best thing on the show bar none he's the next Hulk Hogan Steve Austin I mean the way they're building him he's definitely going to make it somewhere I, I, I feel it Mustafa Ali has nothing on. Uh, what's the group again? Retribution. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what wasn't a Retribution supposed to be their antique or some stupid nonsense? They like know. they were kind of alluding to it, I think, uh, with like the they're all wearing black and no one knows who they are and yeah. all that. One of them had a chainsaw that never returned. Um, 
Mercedes Martinez was one of them, and then she just ceased to be a part of the group for whatever reason. Um, what? Who? What are their names? T Bar Mace. Okay, I like T Bar uh, though. Reckoning. Well, he's funny on Twitter, but like he's so unremarkable on the actual show. Uh, and and Mustafa Ali, he has this weird promo. Uh, way of doing things like he likes to talk in he likes to enunciate the the last word of his sentences so he'll be like i am a part of retribution and stuff like that like it's kind of awkward to listen to him so i was like just get rid of all of them and just keep slapjack that's all (laughs) i want just just do me that favor this group is already uh it's it's virtually the nexus except even less over which right. is kind of remarkable to think. I again, like I haven't watched a lot of wrestling since uh, the pandemic, like, and only really only like AEW uh, recently. But from what I read, I like the concept of Sami Zayn and his documentary crew. I like the idea of it. Uh, I need to actually see it in practice to really weigh in on it. That sounds a lot like paparazzi productions, what Alex Shelley used to do in the mid two thousands with TNA. Well, yeah. Uh, well, I think it's more yeah. following Sammy and his injustices more than like following, getting like a story from Kevin Nash to go check out. Yeah, it, 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 the way Sammy's doing it, he's saying there's a conspiracy against him. He's the real Intercontinental Champion, yeah, and this uh, storyline. Yeah, he'll take like a certain injustice or like something so arbitrary and make it into like an injustice. Like, he'll he'll try and cheat, and then. It'll come bite him in the ass, and then he'll say that's the reason that this company is like conspiring against him. Uh, so yeah, it's it, I I mean I guess it's okay, but like Sami Zayn can be a little overbearing. So because when when he does his promos, he has to talk so much, he has to add like a bunch of words into oh, yeah. a two-minute promo. Like you'll you'll get like a Hulk Hogan promo or Randy Savage promo. It won't feel like two minutes. They'll they'll talk. But then when Sami Zayn talks, he'll only talk for like two minutes, but you'll feel like he talked for an hour, but didn't really say much at all, if that makes sense. Now, you guys watched the uh, Revolution pay-per-view, right? I only I've seen the, the I've seen the GIFs of it on Twitter. Saw the GIFs? I, okay. I saw the Michael Bay explosion at the end. It was classic. Yeah, I mean, how do I put it? I think, personally, they could have could have salvaged it and done everything that they did on the following dynamite the only one problem as awesome as eddie kingston is it wasn't awesome to see him try to oversell the shit out of an explosion that was more like a ruined orgasm yeah yeah i saw the ways they were trying to like brush it aside and either it's eddie kingston looks like an idiot or everyone looks like an idiot so in my opinion, I agree with, uh, I forgot who said it. It might have been Dave, Dave Meltzer. They were better off just, like, moving on from it instead of playing damage control because they just came off worse. Like, I, I understand sometimes damage control, the, the concept of it, it's sort of like when a celebrity, like, gets themselves into hot water. The one thing I hate more than anything, whether they feel apologetic or not, when they go on damage control mode and be like, I'm sorry for what I done and and apologize to the masses, it actually comes off worse. Now, 
you've got a fan base that's like, why are you apologizing? And on top of that, you've got a group of people who hate you, who aren't going to like you to begin with, whether you apologize or not. I mean, AEW haters are going to exist no matter what. It didn't matter if you if you tried to salvage this this whole thing. It was a fart. Just move on. <laughs> I was asking if you guys uh, watched the pay-per-view itself, though, because a sleeper hit for me uh, that I didn't expect to enjoy as much as I ended up enjoying uh, was actually the Miro and Kip Sabian match versus the best or like versus uh, Cassidy and Taylor. I I think it's told. I think it's a uh, a good step for Miro, and I it. Had like a right amount of brutality, especially with the uh, pre-match attack. I, I think it's worth uh, checking out. I have not seen any of this. It was it, like essentially Miro and Kip Sabian jump uh, Orange and Chuck before the match, and like a good portion of the match is just Chuck, and then Miro comes out, or uh, then Orange Cassidy comes out, tries to do the save, and Miro uh, ends up doing something where like Penelope is. Um, like hits the like gets tossed off the the apron hits the barricade kip goes to check her out he's legal miro comes outside tosses kip back in so he can tag himself in to win the match uh so i, I think it's setting up miro to hopefully branch out and after the next orange cassidy chuck taylor kip sabian miro match did they do one wedding more. yes wedding happened uh cassidy was in the cake uh uh, always like every other way speaking uh before we move on speaking of penelope ford apparently cornet's got a lot of heat on him for <laughs> he called her penelope pit stop penelope pit stop yeah uh, you know <laughs> I, I, all right hold up let me let me just say this okay i've often said that i always try to keep the extreme opinions to myself because it's not conducive to a show where all, all we're here to do is entertain, review our, our the movies. Some people will agree, some people disagree and all that. I do, however, agree with a sector of people that are of the opinion that people today, not just wrestlers, people today are fucking soft. Like, I get it. I used to be temperamental if someone gave me shit, but just to share a personal story of mine and i know this is anecdotal not everybody will will react to how i reacted to the situation there's a group page that i shared a photo of myself in owen hart cosplay okay not knowing how the group was do you know what i got in response to me posting that photo was a whole bunch of people telling me that i need to take steroids that i should drink milk that I look like I'm about to uh, get brushed by, away by the wind, basically body shaming me, which is apparently frowned upon in our society. Here, I'm just going to say, you know what I did in response to that? I took the laptop where I was reading the comments and I turned it off and walked the fuck away and moved on with my life. Matter of fact, there were one or two people that were coming to my defense, and I was like, there's no need. It's not even necessary. I don't need people to defend me. The point I'm making is that I'm the same age as these millennials and maybe about a decade older than some of the Gen Zs, but I think it's time to stop getting all worked up over what a 60-year-old man who grew up watching wrestling in the 70s and 80s 
who has a very strong opinion about the craft that he loves, who, let's face facts, most of his points are accurate. He just has a more blunt way of saying it. I mean, I, I will give you that. John Cornette does not, like, shy away from his opinion and giving you the harsh way of giving it to you. That's fair enough. But there comes a point where it's like, you're going to let every single little word or little insult bother the shit out of you. Like, can whatever happened to the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. Now people are saying that words are like violence at this point. Like, I I'm sorry. I, I cannot get in tune with this. Let's become more adult-like and handle our situations like adults and either turn the other cheek or, you know, like, what, what, I don't know. I, I just feel like we're getting all worked up over nothing. Uh, with that said, you can follow us on Patreon at patreon.com slash justchillinnetwork. You can follow this guy right here, Monoxide, at Owen underscore heart underscore guy on Instagram. Monoxide YouTube at Twitter. You can follow me at Twitter and Instagram and uh, Snapchat as well, at Silent Poison. Don't forget for Patreon, you could subscribe and follow us for just $1. $1! You can get all of our exclusive episodes from past and, well, past, yeah. All of our past episodes for just one whole dollar. And you get access to, of course, all of our uh, other properties like um, Chillin' Killin' Podcast itself and The Geekiest Nerds. So there you go. Just Chillin', well, Patreon.com slash Just Chillin' Network. One dollar. Subscribe today. Now, for today's movie discussion, this was a uh, film that Kevin... Well, one of the reasons I picked this film is I saw Kevin uh, make a Facebook post about it, uh, promoting uh, Psycho Gormerson that he loved the shit out of it. I said, ah, this looks interesting. I've never heard of this film. I saw a poster, and it grabbed my attention. I said, Monoxide, when we get Kevin on, this is the movie we're going to do. <laughs> so, uh, Evan, tell us how you came across this film. Uh just randomly on a i think it was like a friday or thursday i was scrolling through youtube and uh you know i'm subscribed to a bunch of different channels and uh, i think it was like ign had the trailer up i'm like what the hell is psycho Goreman? saw the trailer the moment i saw that it was like one of the guys who did uh the void which is another one of my top horror movies of all time uh i saw it was his movie i'm like what is this watch the entire trailer and was hooked immediately uh can i tell you guys how i describe this movie to two people when i'm trying to like sell them on it go ahead it's like uh a combination of like et if instead of the alien from et it was lord zed from power rangers and you upped the gore to like a thousand. Really, Lord Dead? He looked more <laughs> like the Jeepers Creepers. No, but like the yeah, concept of a alien overlord being controlled or whatever, you know, like mm -hmm. he, he had a similar feeling to me. I guess, but look-wise, he looked exactly like the creature from Jeepers Creepers, except he actually had dialogue in this film. I don't know why he gave me like Wishmaster vibes. But obviously, Psycho Gorman PG is obviously a play on is a take on ET, as like you mentioned. Yeah, a lot of the comedy in this film reminded me so much of Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness and uh, what was the show called? The uh, Evil Ash Dead. Ash vs. Evil Dead. Yeah, Ash vs. Evil Dead. It, it had that same vibe of comedy to it. Obviously, not to a T. It had its own charm to it, but 
that style of just over the top goofiness mixed in with like real graphic imagery when it comes to death. That's what this uh, reminded me of. This film is basically a, like like a modernized trauma film. Like if you think of it, remind me a lot of Toxic Avenger, but more more like a modern. I guess touch to it because I mean if you look at the obviously a lot of effects are all effects are practical from the looks of it I see practical effects you have uh even a bit of a stop motion yeah it's you have stop motion you have puppets in there at one point yeah. they they used everything that they could and I love them for it yeah I do well, too it's me I mean I mean does it look real not really but that's what adds to the charm of the film yeah, is that's not the point yeah but it works here did this get a theatrical release no, I th- well, no, I think it was straight to like uh, on demand. Because hmm. it, I mean, it wasn't like James Cameron level quality uh, c- cinematography, but you can definitely tell there was more money put into this film than to let's say a classic known as Killer Pinata. But I'm just amazed that they did all this work and they decided to just throw it on Amazon Prime. I mean, I, to be fair, how much money did Eddie Murphy make selling Coming to America onto Amazon? It was like something ridiculous, like a hundred something million dollars. So to see that this film just was really, maybe because of the pandemic, it really had no choice. But I figured this film could have at least seen a theatrical release. So I, I did a quick Google search, and it did have, it was one of those, like, it's going to be in theaters, but also, same time, going to be on video on demand at, at the same day. I, I noticed one of the uh, production behind this film was uh, Shudder. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming it's eventually going to be on Shudder in uh, probably another year or so. Uh, I, it doesn't have a budget here. I don't see any numbers. I know I had a few productions behind it. I was It was obviously filmed in Canada. I've seen The Void once. I was at my friend Mario's house, but it was more so like it was playing in the background while me and him were like doing something else. So I really got to like sit down and watch that. Uh, it's it's another fun one with uh, a good amount of practical effects in there. So are you telling me? So this is filmed by Canadians. Are you telling me that South Park lied and that ca- Canadians do not have flapping heads? And beady eyes, <laughs> and they don't say "buddy" every sentence or two. <laughs> buddy, 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 guy, friend. friend. I'm a little disappointed. I'm really disappointed. Next, uh, you're gonna tell me Brett Hart, Canadian. <laughs> but I guess we'll go into. Uh, uh, I guess we'll talk first. So we'll talk about the monster itself, the Psycho Goreman, who's from oh. the the planet. What planet is he from? Gajacks. Uh, Ga- uh, Docs or some shit. You could literally <laughs> you know like what? smash on the keyboard right now, and it's it's that planet. Do you, do you guys ever remember playing uh, the fighting game uh, World Heroes in the early nineties? Nah. nah. It was just basically SNK's uh, answer to Street Fighter and all that. The main boss was named, I think, the same thing, Gygus or some shit. I, I think with the exception, the last letter's an S instead of an X. I, it, but the name is so much the same. So basically, the, the backstory of, of Psycho Gorman was that he was kind of like a slave on his planet. He discovers this ancient alien uh, gem, you can say, or pearl, and it gives him like this unbelievable, indestructible power. He's able to defeat his masters, and then doesn't stop there he he decides no i want to be like basically thanos and just take over the whole galaxy and then he goes to the planet by planet 
destroying everyone in his way. So this guy is super fucking evil. <laughs> yeah, it's mean he's like he is the villain of any like late 80s to like early 90s like Power Rangers sort of like show. He's he he is the bad guy. He's the <laughs> no. evil alien emperor. Like it's it's like a trope. Yeah, you know so, this even remind me a bit of the He-Man movie with Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> yeah, the- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> This guy, you said he was evil. Well, we would come to find out later that he's not as evil or wouldn't be as evil later on because, like, throughout this film, they treat him kind of like, um, what was that episode of SpongeBob where, uh, the, the, the Strangler, where it's like, yeah, he's so threatening, but yet this pussy of a sponge is able to drive him so nuts to have him run away. That's what the Psycho Goreman is. He's such a powerful entity that can destroy galaxies and, and planets, but yet this little girl who has possession of this fucking gem controls his every be- uh, beckoning whim. And I I love that how I love how Psycho never like they never make him too goofy like like he's still like always evil regardless of what situation he's he's in. Yeah, I mean the thing that's really good about Psycho is uh, or PG is that uh, they made him like earnest. I guess is the best way to put it. Like, not, like, the character Ernest, just the, like, the personality of, like, he he says what it is. Like, he says what he says, you know? Like, uh, like when he looks at the Hunky Boys magazine and then he's like, maybe I do like Hunky Boys. Like, it's... He's, he's honest. Yeah, I he's... Wish we're dead. Like, like he's great. Like, I, he's such a good character. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't have, like, too many of those types of scenes. I felt that was perfect. All right, don't, you know, don't do any more. Like, this is perfect how it is. Um, Another good scene of mine is when they're in the restaurant and, and PG is looking at the brother, Luke, who, for whatever reason, never remembers his name. It's now, so now can, I, can I say something real quick? I also forgot the, the boy's name. <laughs> it was like Luke. Oh, wait. Her What's brother. So hard about remembering the name Luke. Luke is it's, such a fucking easy name to remember. I heard him called the boy more than I heard him called Luke in the movie. Yeah, because <laughs> for whatever reason, Luke is such a hard name to remember. Like, there's so many names in this film that I forgot. I forgot what planet he resided from, but I remember Luke. <laughs> <laughs> like when all like his uh friends uh in, in the forest show up thinking it's gonna be like a rescue mission he, he was like guys just like little girls like you're not gonna even introduce me to your friends guys this is mimi and her brother <laughs> <laughs> but um I, I was gonna say i love how in the restaurant where like she's eating mimi and pg's looking at luke only give him like a look as in like we should take her out and his best way to communicate with him is through his nightmares. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, the nightmare scene is so fucking good. Wait, yeah, I... can someone a- a- answer me this? So there's one part where they're at the school. Now, we just sat here and said that we couldn't remember Luke's name, but I don't remember what their uh, their third friend's name was. Uh, Alistair? Alistair, thank you. So, Alistair, I forget what his situation was. At some point, Psycho Goreman decides, oh, let me help you out there, and turns him into a brain, and never bothers to turn him back. So throughout the rest of the film, he's a brain. That's literally him. Why, out of all things, 
did he turn him into a fucking brain? I, I think the idea was to not, well, not kill him, but just because she wanted someone to play that crazy ball game with. And the friend wanted, and Alistair wanted to go home. Okay. Why, why a brain? I don't know. I just go in. I, I think it was sort of like a, a thing of, he just, he didn't care what he turned Alistair into. He it was just going to be some creature that he could control to be a better playmate for Mimi. So he turns I, I, him into he's, a he's, like, he's not necessarily, I like. Like, he is just a giant brain monster, but he is also still a monster. He still moves around. He still yeah. he still goes home and eats dinner. <laughs> and, and his parents don't even, like, say anything. Knowing that he's a, a brain, and not the brain from Arthur, but just a brain, a physical brain. But... <laughs> These parents, you know, love their son no matter what he looks like. Yeah. Those, those are some good parents. That's what good. are you okay. supposed to do when your son what? comes home as a giant brain? You just kind of like, what? you can't do okay. anything about that. You're telling me, you're telling me that if, um, assuming that you have parents that love you dearly, if you came to them one day looking completely different than what you normally do, your parents will have absolutely zero reaction to it whatsoever. They're probably like, did you have fun today? Yeah. <laughs> in, okay, in 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 the real life world you know like yes obviously you would freak out in the context of the horror comedy psycho Goreman, the you know that you just play out the joke they continue to live on life and that is what it is we will never see this character again right but what i'm saying though is that when psycho Goreman was found by the parents of uh mimi and luke they reacted accordingly they were like, who is this monster that's playing with our kids? That's something parents would do. Now... Okay, but, but hold on, hold on. Okay, like, I, I see the point you're making, but the problem is, like, after I think the... I, I could be wrong, but I think after the crazy ball at the school, and, like, Luke... Or, not Luke, Alistair leaves, uh, you don't see Alistair for the rest of the movie until the end in, like, the, 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 the little post-credits, like, stinger. So his parents could have reacted the way you wanted them to. You, we just didn't see them. So are you telling me they just got over the fact that their kid is a brain now? If it's been a couple of days, wouldn't you? No. <laughs> no. Well, we handle problems differently. Okay. <laughs> so definitely up there in Canada. You, okay, tell you what. Your kid, if you ever have one in the future, that is the make point. sure he turns into a brain. And you come back to me, letting me know how it was to be able to absorb the fact your kid turned into a brain. Mono, I promise you, if my future child ever comes home turning into turned into a giant brain monstrosity with tendrils and whatnot, uh, you will be the first person I let know, hey, oh, my child has turned into a giant brain monster. I freaked out at first, but yeah, we're kind of just rolling with it now. Uh, I bet. I'll, I'll send you the uh, Christmas card. All right. In return, I will let you know if I inhabit my own killer pinata. I, I would hope you would. Thank you. Good. Anyways, this film. Should we talk about the, uh, I guess, the other villain, Pandora? What uh, okay, before Pandora, can we talk about the the pseudo villain of uh, pseudo uh, villain? Excuse me. Uh, I think his name is Dark Scream. Uh, who I just love as a, like, again, taking all these, like, tropes from 
80s and like nine like early 90s media like clearly blatantly just a monster version of starscream like like in personality terms like sniveling conniving betrayed his master got to be leader for a while and it all blows up on him in the end like perfect so maybe we should get to the context of this film and why it's more comedic so that gem you talked about it was Mimi who has a hold of it. And and to anybody who doesn't know the characters Mimi and Luke, the brother and sister, Luke, for lack of a better term, is what we would call in the modern day, this seems to be a term that's thrown around quite a bit, a simp. And Mimi is basically a, I am woman, hear me roar. Although she didn't annoy me at all in this film. She was actually quite entertaining. So I got to say, for all intents and purposes, the actress they picked to play Mimi was fine. But the whole purpose is they find this hole that they have to dig because that was part of this. The What, what was that game that they were playing with the uh, ball? Great ball, you lose, you have to dig your own grave or whatever. Right. So he's digging a big hole and they find this gem that's attached to like... Uh, uh, what do they call those? Uh, a vault to which Psycho Goreman is located in. And he explains that anybody who has possession of this item pretty much has control over him and can tell him to do whatever they want. And so Mimi, who's like, what, 10 years old or supposed to be 10 years old, has control over him. And that's the basis of the film is to build the uh, relationship between Mimi and who she would later dub Psycho Goreman. Why Psycho Goreman? I don't know. What an interesting name, but it, it does roll off the tongue after a while. That's yeah, I was know. actually, uh, when I was when I was asked to come on, I was really curious to see how you guys would take Mimi, uh, particularly. Uh, I, I found the character to be fine. She kind of reminds me of like a uh, Louise from like Bob's Burgers kind of character. Uh, but like, I know it's sort of like divided i guess about her like some people think the character's fine some people love her and some people absolutely hate her so like uh hearing that you actually enjoyed her i was i was a little surprised uh to be honest uh travis how did you feel about Mimi? um i also read some reviews just to see how people uh t uh like the girl it's like either like you either love her or you loathe her yeah and i i thought she was fine i mean i thought I'm happy that they weren't just two normal kids that found Psycho Gorman because then I felt like that you would have just had a plain boring chemistry between the two. I liked how they made her more like like even though she's smaller than her brother, yet she's still like the boss of him. She bosses him around and she basically bullies him, and like she basically got hands of the gym. Like basically, you gave the absolute worst child got is in charge of this big giant monster. And I felt that was the perfect way to go with this, with the relationship between the two. I liked it. She reminded me more of Helga from Hey Arnold. Very bossy, but... Yes, that's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. She wasn't the worst person in the world. Like, everybody seems to forget that Helga was not a bad person. She, Well, in this case, Helga was supposed to have been a girl who was neglected by her parents because her mother's supposed to be a drunk. Although, instead of asking for booze, she asks for smoothies. And her father, Big Bob, uh, it ignores her because he's too busy running a beeper business. And on top of that, he uh, shares more fondling with the, her older sister, Olga. 
So you kind of see where her anger kind of comes from. But at the end of the day, you'll see episodes where Helga shows heart, like the Christmas episode she helps Arnold and all that. Mimi, on the other hand, doesn't really have that. I mean, she just has pretty much a father that's just pretty much useless throughout the whole film. He complains about a broken hand um, and the mother. I mean, the only time they really show any sort of sign that they really care for their kids is again when they see Psycho Gorman in their back. Uh, was it in their backyard and they freak the fuck out? Yeah. And then eventually, like like the kid uh, who became a brain, their parents just kind of got used to him. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for all intents and purposes, she reminded me of Helga without the love and in- well, she kind of had the love interest in. I, I lost her, but uh, it, it was different. But point, the point is, when it came to the whole abrasive side, that's what she reminded me of. And again, she didn't annoy me because that type of behavior can annoy a bunch of people when it comes to an overbearing, uh, like, female that's just right in your face all the time. It really can get overbearing to some people. But she didn't come off overbearing. I don't know why. Some people can just pull it up. It's like when people, even in real life, people that can act like a dick but they're funny as hell and there's people that act like a dick but you they're so pretentious you just want to just punch them in the face so it, it, it just it's from person to person i guess some people can pull it off and some people can't yeah, right it could be the, that they chose a, a great child actress it could be also because of the situation that the movie is in and that it just kind of balances itself out yeah that too um, should we talk about Pandora and the uh, her little hall of supervillains that we get into? I hall of heroes. <laughs> that's my only complaint. I don't think they really gave enough time to Pandora. I think they should have given her more time to develop as a villain. They kind of gave a backstory, but most of it was building. And I understood the relationship between Mimi and uh, uh, Psycho Goreman, but I think they there could have been more for Pandora. Because right, all you really get is the backstory, her possessing a body, and then eventually them coming to blows. I think there should have been more for Pandora. And and it's not like, I mean, this film's what, an hour and a half? It could have spared maybe another 10 minutes on scenes to give her a little bit more time to really sell in the fact that she's a crazed villain, even though you kind of knew that from the beginning. So it's, it's, it's rough because like I like I, I absolutely agree like they definitely could have done more with Pandora but like I don't know what they could have taken out to put in stuff for Pandora. You don't have to take anything out, just add more because again the film's not oh, long. Okay, yeah. It's only the film is and it doesn't feel long at all. Like it, it, it that was the one that's one thing I like about films or wrestling shows in general when they're breeze to watch again wrestlemania 24 me and my wife watched breeze through the whole four hours didn't even feel like it was four hours same thing with this movie i watched it and i was by the time the last 10 minutes were coming on I'm like oh wow it's already the last 10 minutes so i felt like an extra 10 minutes of this film wouldn't have hurt it a bit and make those 10 minutes dedicated to pandora yeah no that um yeah, like adding 10, 15 minutes just to help develop the character a little bit more, absolutely, that something they could have done. And it wouldn't have uh, really impacted the movie all too much at all. I think it would have, but in a better way. I mean, like, it wouldn't have impacted negatively. Correct. Yeah. What I loved about that scene was, uh, I mean, I, for one, I would say I love the costumes. The costume designs, they all look excellent. 
everyone looked different everyone stood out it didn't oh, the, the like the council scene where like they're all talking yes yes especially the puppet that was that was the, like the puppet skeleton with the helmet mm-hmm like it's, I just added so much. I was like, "Oh yes, baby, puppeteer! I love it! I love it!" I heavily promoted on the show is the practical effects, and one and the one part I love about the scene was that they just like kidnapped some random human. <laughs> they just like teleported her there into the room and crushed her into this little cube <laughs> for no reason, just to show how like evil she is. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought the whole purpose was to take her body. So that she can possess it and and get into the real world, so that she can convince people to listen to her. It, it, it's, it's, it's both. It's to show how brutal she is, but also it did serve the purpose of helping her be human on Earth. Um, my only issue I would say with the film, for me at least, was the last act. Not necessarily what was happening, but the setting. It, it just it just was just happening in that warehouse, and after a while, I felt like that setting was overstaying its welcome for me mm-hmm. uh, just the warehouse scene just wasn't it just wasn't an exciting place to have like this big finale fight you know this big finale crazy ball fight scene um let me let me ask both of you guys uh maybe maybe mono you feel like the warehouse is fine but if you could have had the last scene set anywhere else where would you have uh wanted to put it um well I didn't find the warehouse to be a bad place to do it. I mean, because at yeah. the end of the day, that's where most of the film's real important dialogue comes in. But I really couldn't tell you where to do it. I mean, to me, it would have been interchangeable either way, doing it, whether it be at the school or in their backyard. It really didn't really make much of a difference because at the end, most of the places, with the exception of their, their little ship where they plan out how they're going to get Psycho Goreman, everything seemed interchangeable. There wasn't like an established area. Right. It's not like, I, I don't think it really mattered where you did the last scene. As long as you did what you did, really all that matters. What about I you, mean, Trev? For me, at least, I mean, if you want to have some of it take place in the warehouse, fine. I just felt you maybe you could have just flushed it out. Like, maybe they have the crazy ball in the warehouse, and Pandora and Peachy could have their fight scene maybe outside of the warehouse. Just just, just to change up the scenery a bit. Mm-hmm. That's that's really all I would do. Not, I mean, they don't need to go to, like, another planet and do all that. Yeah, like, I thought not? The... This film is already whacked out as it is. I mean, might as well do it, set it up on Gygus or whatever the hell that planet is from. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, if... If I, if I was going to set anywhere else, I think either we go back to the school just to reuse that one location again, or, uh, yeah, fucking go crazy, like, green screen, soundstage, like, have, like, a bunch of weird-looking aliens in the crowd, like, and, like, have it being broadcast, like, across the earth, maybe bring in, out, like, have Alistair with his parents watching it on TV, uh, seeing, like, the fate of the galaxy unfold in front of them. Like, that's the... Like, would have been a more, I guess, interesting, uh, like, visually interesting ending at that point. But, uh, I guess good evil triumphs over evil in the end, because PG is still bad. <laughs> He's still very evil. Still goes on a rampage at the end, right? Yeah, the little girl lets him go. He says, you know, I'll spare y'all's life, but I'm just gonna go on a rampage right now. But that's what happens. Um, yeah. I'm not really sure what the lesson here is in the end. Well... The lesson here is kind of similar to, uh, if you remember Terminator 2, where 
the whole movie was centered around the the cyborg not understanding why people cry because he's a cyborg he doesn't understand that and at the very end when they eventually conquer the t-1000 and he realizes the the cyborg that is decides i gotta kill myself because if i stay alive there's always that possibility skynet will be created and all this will just come right back to ruse that's when John Connors, obviously, who developed a, a personal bonding with the cyborgs, like, no, I order you not to go. I order you not to go. And then he follows up with, now I understand why you cry. Now I understand why you humans cry. I guess it's a, it's a stretch, but maybe that's the lesson to be learned, that even monsters who have no redeeming qualities to them could understand the, the life lesson of love and, and affection. Though they'll still destroy the planet regardless. Well, like here's here's the thing about about PG, right? He he was enslaved by that like council, and like his goal was more to stop them, but also take over. So like I don't know, it was like essentially he was a slave trying to end like trying to destroy his slave masters, and then also wanted to go on and have his own legion of slaves. So like. I don't know if there is a good or wrong or, like, evil on this one. I think it's just all bad. But, hey, help out the evil monster, and then at least you won't die is the lesson I got from it. Yeah, I'll, I'll spare you your family, and, and they I'll can, they spare can go. your family, but I won't spare the planet that you live on, so you're just going to die regardless. Uh, can I ask you guys if you had, like, a favorite joke in the movie? Like, like one bit that just, uh, like had you dying uh i can't think of any particular line at the moment but i would like the part i do like the part when he was explaining his flashback story of like how he came to be and the girl was just like yeah yeah whatever that's boring i'm hungry (laughs) (laughs) yeah i didn't really have like a specific moment because nothing really made me go ha ha laughing like the concept of the movie was funny right there is a scene I can see people getting offended by. It's the scene where um, she prayed to the cross. Oh okay. yeah. Uh, I I showed my parents. My parents came to visit um, as like a late Christmas celebration kind of thing. Uh, and I, you know, we were talking about movies this time. The other thing, I actually showed them the trailer, <laughs> and then when Mimi like they Mimi does the cross break in the trailer, and uh, like my mom's like the little girl broke the cross, and I'm like yeah. And like she could not imagine it. She like it was it blew her mind. Uh, so like yeah, you're right. Like that scene absolutely can uh, offend people if they are more faith based. I guess. Yes. Yeah. I I I did like jaw drop at that because it really seemed like she was going to pray to uh, Lord Jesus. But then again, when I step back and 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 observed what happened i said to myself wait a minute i grew up in the 90s all right i grew up in an era where a grungy looking motherfucker that looked like uh lane staley from allison chains decided to take a man who had a singapore cane and and hang him on a cross and crucify him in front of a bunch of uh elitist if you will so it's like should I even really be offended when I grew up with this stuff? And and on top of that, Undertaker doing his gothic shit where he was hanging people on his gothic cross and trying to sacrifice Stephanie McMahon. If you are religious, that's fine. I didn't grow yeah. up in a religious family, so it's like, 
why was my jaw dropping when I'd seen probably much worse than right. worse? Or, uh, or, or or how about in Euro Trip where um where is it those little boxes where uh people repent their sins so that they can cleanse their souls? The uh, one confessionals. Part- yeah, the confessionals. One woman is trying to make a confession. She's like a nun trying to make a confession. And the next uh, confessional, uh, a dude, the dude that was trying to seek out his girl from Germany, all of a sudden is banging her right in the confessional. And their ass shows right in front of the nun who's making a confession. Like, over the last 20, 30 years, we've been doing performing a lot of sacrilegious stuff. So it's like, this really was, I don't know if we would call it tame, but it's par for the course at this point. Oh, yeah. It, did, didn't um they depict uh what's McCoy in Family Guy? Didn't they depict Jesus taking a bath in front of Stewie? I mean, probably. At, so that point, at this point, probably. In my case, it's par for the course. I don't even know why my jaw dropped. To be honest, it, it completely caught me off off guard. She said, "There's a new god in town," and just rest the color. Whoa! <laughs> I laughed. I didn't get offended because again, like you, I mean, my parents they had their beliefs, but they never shoved like or force their religion down my throat yeah and i like like again like we we find it fine we find it funny it was the punchline to a joke and then like you know someone like my parents who who are a little bit more more devout and like uh are a little bit more conservative or whatever in like that in the sense of religion and all that um like yeah my mom was surprised and like i don't like i think it turned her away from the movie um but you know, it's just it's different eras. You know, it's different uh, mindsets. I want to say, uh, like, I do have an absolute favorite joke from this movie, and it is the after the the fight where uh, Gorman's like crew comes down to try and take him out, uh, and he's dying, and then he sends his a vision of himself to their dad while he's on the toilet, being like, "I you need to collect me." Or else I'll kill you. I'll rip off your face or whatever. And he's like, I don't know where you are. And like, as he like fades away, and then he comes back in. It's like, I'm at. I'm. We are at this location. Find me or I'll kill you. And then like it fades away. And it's like I don't know how to get there. And like gives him like, uh, Google Maps directions to exactly where he is. Like I. That is the. That is one of the funniest jokes I've seen in a movie in a very long time. It, you know it's what? So perfect. There was one thing that did make me laugh, and um, it's a scene we didn't even talk about. When the kids are on the playground and they're playing, two police officers show up and they're freaked out and they shoot the at Psycho Goreman. Of course, it doesn't affect them. So the one guy with the gun, he grabs the gun and, and basically possesses him. His head shrinks kind of similar to that of um, Raiders of the Lost Ark when they get their fucking heads exploded by that uh, one spirit, the Nazi spirit. And um, there's one part where, like, throughout the whole movie, he has him, like, he didn't kill him. He has him possessed as like a slave. And so throughout the whole film, he's like, (laughs) and there's one part in particular where this slave just happens to have enough strength to hand the girl like a note. And you think it's like a love note. And then she opens it up and it says, please kill me. (laughs) I I think there's like when he mutates, I think his gun also like fuses to his hand. And like there is a point where like he does try like put the barrel under his like chin or something. Fucking wild. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he eventually does die because when his friends turn on him. But I, I don't recall if he joined them, but at some he, point... He does I join go- them. He starts trying to, like, fight fight Psycho Gorman. 
and he just jams like the gun and whatever else in his eyes and he dies kind of similar to um in evil dead when he the ash sticks his thumbs into his friend's eyes and the blood comes out uh oh. that that scene with the with the the fighting all of his like former allies uh has my favorite like kill in the movie as well where uh it's like i think the metal looking man who's like entirely metal and like he has like a metal bird or something too right uh psycho has like somehow has him like on the ground and like he's looking into a puddle and i thought it was going to be like a spiritual death or something where he's like like let me show you what the true what the abyss looks like or whatever he says there you know and then it's like no he doesn't like his spirit doesn't just die and like he just collapses a hand reaches out of the puddle and tears the dude's face off like i that like totally out of left field did not expect that is my favorite death in the entire movie I, I, I love when he says you're gonna get a warrior's de- uh, death. Mm-hmm. You would think it's gonna be like, I guess, like a sword to the chest or something. No, he opens his. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a callback to when they're when they're in the diner and he's he's doing the when he's eating the fries. <laughs> he doesn't say to the Pandora, "You're getting a warrior's death." No, no. <laughs> oh, he, God, he does that. Like... He, wait, he does that like two times in the movie, right, or three? Yeah, uh, he does two twice. Times. Yeah, and and he kind of looked like Jack Frost when he uh, bites off the dude's face, like the way he was edited when he started going. Uh, yeah, but like obviously, I absolutely love this movie, and it's uh, I think the best way, or like best reason why I love it is the movie isn't trying to be more than what it promised in the trailer. Like everything it says in the trailer is what you got, and like it's all it needs to be, and like like absolutely, I give this like it's one of my favorite movies now like I'm, I'm gonna go back and rewatch this at some point down the line i'm gonna try and get the blu-ray at some point like this movie was incredible it's definitely i'd say one of the better films i've seen i guess uh during the pandemic era of movies uh it's it's super fun again i think you got to have a charm for these types of films or else you're not gonna like it at all if you love like the toxic avenger uh if you like those trauma type movies or even movies like killer pinata like we did or suburban sasquatch you're gonna get a kick out of this totally i definitely enjoyed this film it was very kooky very outrageous very um slapstick if you will yes i again now put this on kill pinata level i'm sorry <laughs> it's never gonna get there that's that uh, to be fair that they totally high bar t-bar to climb so i'm just i'm just saying for all intents and purposes the film did its job it was very entertaining did not feel long at all and i would definitely recommend this i'm definitely gonna show this to my wife because unfortunately we didn't watch this together but i'm definitely gonna show this to my wife and i definitely can guarantee she's gonna be like what the fuck is this because she's in no wacky kooky shit other than um the two movies we reviewed killer pinata and suburban sasquatch for whatever reason she did not enjoy those i guess it's her lack of taste in the actual cinema but point is is that i think she would definitely enjoy this and i think a lot of people would if you if you're into like eat not Evil Dead 1, per se, because Evil Dead 1 was more serious, but like if you're into Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, Ash vs. Evil Dead type of uh, stuff, this definitely, or Shaun of the Dead, I should say, this would definitely be right there with you as a good watch, a very fun watch. Uh, a lot of gory stuff, like stuff that, not for the squeamish, 
except for us, we probably watched so many freaking horror films in our lifetime that nothing faces us at this point, but it definitely has a lot of redeeming qualities. None of the kids annoyed me. There wasn't really any actor or actress that really got on my under my skin or any character that got under my skin. Psycho Gore Man was played perfectly. The Mimi was fine. Uh, what's his face? Luke was goofy as hell. <laughs> See, the you forgot was... his name too. <laughs> the boy. For a split second. Boy. They forget like twice. Um, anyways, uh, the father was great. The mother, she was inoffensive. Uh, so yeah, I really have no complaints on this film other than just they could have given more time to Pandora. That's really it. Uh, the only question that I really have is does a film like this get a sequel? I, knowing the like some of the team behind it, I, while I would love a sequel, while I would like go out of my way to personally try and finance the sequel myself uh i i don't think i don't think a sequel is in the works i think they they told their story i think pg's story is uh is left to our imaginations at this point again pg's putting very fun scenarios uh him dressed up as a cowboy <laughs> just that image always gets me it was Even... a one part where he's wearing sunglasses and he actually rips them off like like an actual like he just like rips them off kind of like how the rock used to do it whenever he would get all pissed off you have that. You have him be pl- playing the drums when they do their little heckin' song. Yeah, uh, that, that song out of the entire movie. I think like the the song callback at the end was like the only part I was like, eh, maybe we could have done without this. Yeah, I didn't realize that song scene was was almost like a foreshadow of what we get at the end because she were she sang it again at the end. I was like, wait, what is she doing? And it hit me. Oh wait, it's that damn song. I, I looked up. I I looked up a picture of Psycho Goreman in his little like cowboy outfit. He looks like such an asshole. <laughs> his hat's too tiny. <laughs> kind of like Kurt Angle's hat. Oh my god! If I wish it was Kurt Angle's hat so much now. It's like the in between of like the proper cowboy hat and, and Kurt Angle's hat. So uh, you know what? That's six thumbs up from all of us. We love Psycho Goreman. Uh, Kevin, thank you for this film. Thank you for taking the time to come on the show. Uh, any final words? Gladly. Any final words, my friend? Uh, I mean, check out Psycho Goreman. It is a fantastic, hilarious film. As long as if you're into like horror comedies, like I am, uh, I'm on all social media now. Uh, you can find me at uh, Wizardo Kev. I'm gonna start streaming soon, so uh, be sure to check that out. I'm gonna have a schedule up at some point. But uh, but yeah, it's super happy to be here. Please, uh, if you guys have another movie down the line, let me know, and I would glad to be you know check it out and come back. I I know you mentioned uh, the Void, how you said it's one of your favorite horror films. I got to give it a second watch. Um, that's the, that's a film I would love to touch on with you if you ever if you ever want to come back on for that. Yeah, man. There's a there's a couple movies where I highly recommend the Void, and also I think was on Netflix. Uh, the Ritual was also incredible um, yes ritual was very good yes I've oh, seen so it. good but yeah man, i would be happy to come back anytime just let me know all right that sounds that sounds like a date and that's gonna do it here for episode 30 of uh fracture skulls for the sadistic savior kevin for monoxide i am terminator travis and we will see you guys uh <laughs> later thanks for listening <laughs>